Hello and welcome to another episode of the Impact Consulting Podcast, hosted by the Impact Consulting Hub, which is a growing online community of support for independent social impact professionals. So today we've got my good friend, or as she puts it, work friend, <laughs> Emerencia Erasmus on the show to talk us through her impact consulting journey. So a bit about Emerencia, she's an independent migration specialist, like me, as it happens, who has more than 10 years of experience, including in building the capacity of states and regional organisations in managing migration. Based in the lovely Cape Town, she has extensive experience in migration policy and programme development, with specific expertise on labour migration and the free movement of persons. Her work comprises research design, baseline and needs assessments to inform project development and implementation, analytical reports for publication, providing technical assistance to regional migration dialogues and governance processes, including by developing regional action plans, strategies and migration policy frameworks, and managing migration programs in the field. Prior to going independent around five years ago, Emerencia worked as a project manager for the International Organisation for Migration, the International Centre for Migration Policy Development, among other organisations. I really enjoyed learning more about Emerencia's consulting journey in this episode, which I've also been quite fortunate to witness along the years. Some of the key points we discuss are why Emerencia decided to leave an in-house project management staff position to go it alone, how Emerencia is levelling up her consulting career five years on through taking on advisory roles and contracting out some work, the pitfalls of taking on too much work and how to manage the pressures to make hay while the sun shines, as I always say. We also talk about the merits of accepting all the projects that one is offered versus being a bit more selective, and Emerencia's lessons learned from five years of consulting, such as how to be firm with clients. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. And if you're interested in learning more from consultants like Emerencia, then feel free to connect with her on LinkedIn and the links in the show notes, or join us at the Impact Consulting Hub at impactconsultinghub.com. Good morning, Emerencia. Who are you? How are you? And where are you calling from? Good morning, Loxen. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. My name is Emerencia Rasmus. I am based in Cape Town in South Africa. I am South Africa. Grew up in Stellenbosch. And yes, I work on migration as a consultant. Great. And listeners would have heard a little bit about you in the introduction and they would have heard you know you're a migration expert specialist or or whatever the title is but what do you actually do what is a good example of the types of projects that you work on or the types of clients that you work with okay so i often do assessments so for example i did an assessment of the impact of covid on migrant workers in and from the horn of africa for the international labor organization so what is the state of play what are the responses of governments and other actors that impact on migrant workers this is a study which is being finalized and about to be published and then it also includes recommendations for how these different actors could enhance the protection and experiences and conditions of, of migrant workers so I often do assessments to see what is the situation in a country or a region, and on the basis of that assessment, draft a study with recommendations for policy, um, legal frameworks, and 
actions of coordination by different actors, or the assessment could actually lead to the development of a project or a program, or it could be the development of a policy, like, for example, I'm doing at the moment SADC's Migration Policy Framework. And, and SADC is the Southern African Development Community. Yes, so that's 16 countries in Southern Africa, yes. And so I've also did the new AU Migration Policy Framework. So most of my work also involves primary and secondary data collection. So days prior to COVID, I would actually visit the countries that I'm working on and speak to different actors. Interview. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days, yes, which we miss and hope will come back at some point. So I guess I work primarily with governments and my interviews and data collection would be mainly from governments, but then also from other experts and actors like yourself and sometimes independent consultants. There's also academics, UN agencies, civil society, different actors in the field, even donors, because of course, all of them play a part and a role and need to contribute to ensuring that migrants enjoy better protection, which I I suppose is the overarching goal of everything that I work on. Yeah, very interesting. And here's just a quick question as well. How do you describe to normal people (laughs) what you do? When I say normal people, you know, people who don't work in international development or UN stuff. And I ask this because I also struggle when someone in my hometown asks me what I do. And I try to explain and then they're like, what do you actually do? What do I actually do? I normally tell them I work on migration of people, not birds. Yeah. Because I often get this question, do I work on bird migration or animal migration? No, I work on people migration. And a lot of my work is with governments in Africa basically advising them how to improve migration management to ensure that migrants are better protected. And this could mean many different things, for example, adopting certain laws, developing certain policies, or enhancing certain practices at the border, how people cross borders, for example, and how to identify people that are being exploited or needs of assistance. So I think that's basically how I describe it. I don't know if that's a good description. Uh, I think that is a good description. I'm just thinking for the plumber in Hastings, UK, it can sometimes seem a bit far removed. So I, I struggle a little bit to convey the day-to-day of, of my life sometimes. Yes, no, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been a consultant now, Emerencia? Yeah, just over five years, just about five years. Yeah. Okay. And then you worked, you worked, you had a whole career in this field for how long would you say, 10, 15 years? Before I used to work more on other development issues like peace and security. So I started working on migration in 2009, really. So 2009, from then on, I just focused solely on migration. Of course, migration interfaces with a lot of other issues, but I worked for organizations focused on migration, first for IOM as staff and then for ICMPD as staff. So that was from 2009 until the beginning of 2016. And then I became a freelance consultant. Okay, so it was sort of about six years into working in-house in, on the topic of migration for bit large organizations. And I wanted to ask, because also just for listeners to know, Emerency and I met in 2014, and you, Emerency, were my second consulting client. So we've got that history there, which, which is interesting. And I just wanted to ask you to, I suppose, describe the reasons why you decided to go from 
that in-house project management role to becoming an independent consultant after that five, I suppose, five years or so of experience in-house? I really enjoy technical work. And when I worked as a project manager, I felt that I did not have time for technical work. All my time went into managing staff and an office and rules and procedures and finance and budgets. And my biggest interest is really the technical work and acquiring that deep knowledge. And that's really why I made the switch. And that's why I'm still working as a consultant, because I think when you work as a project manager, you simply don't have the time. And my personal opinion is that the consultants get to do all the juicy bits, the things that I find interesting. And like, I enjoy learning, I enjoy knowledge. And I find that you really learn most by doing it yourself. And I find it such a privilege to visit different countries in Africa and do this primary data collection and get to speak to all these government agencies and find out how exactly they're doing things. And the only way to find that out is by going there. You're not going to, a lot of this information does not exist online. And I just find that an absolutely fascinating journey. In addition to that, it is really nice to live in one place and build a life. And Cape Town is a fantastic place to live. I mean, yes, we have a lot of challenges in South Africa, but I live five minutes from Table Mountain and we have sun most days of the year and it's just a great place to live. So it's nice to live in one place where you can build a life, but then have the opportunity to work on many different countries without having to live there. And also there's a lot more diversity. I work on a lot of different types of projects with different clients. Whereas if you work as a project manager, then it's really you working on one specific project a lot of the time. So you don't have that diversity. That's a wonderful answer. And I think you should be an ambassador as well for <laughs> South Africa tourism because you, you always big it up every time I, I speak with you. And especially you were just saying that you were before this call that you were hiking on Table Mountain and it was 26 degrees in winter the last couple of days. So it's quite interesting as well what you said, because I think a lot of people perceive independent consulting or freelancing as precarious or unstable. And I think those realities do exist for some people. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And you've just mentioned that you kind of liked, you wanted to live in one place. So in a way, consulting for you was a way to be a bit more rooted and, and grounded in one place, which I found quite interesting. So when did you say you became consultant? 2016. Yeah, like May 2016. So yeah, it's like five years. Five years, which is a good point to reflect a little bit. And I was wondering, I mean, how would you summarize how that those five years have gone? You know, have they all been kind of, you hit the ground running and then I know you've always been really busy, but has it been quite a linear experience or have there been different phases within that five years that you would point to? Tell us a bit about that. I think I've really learned a lot along the journey and it's certainly, I find it a lot easier now than in the beginning, you know, how to tackle an assignment. So I don't know if they've really been different phases, but I certainly feel like I know a lot more what I'm doing now than what I did before. You know, like I feel much more competent now, which is nice. And I feel like I understand things better and I understand how to approach assignments better. And I think that's really just, it's a learning by doing exercise. You never really know, in my opinion, what a job is going to be like until you're doing it. And what I understand now is that 
it's very important to come up with a good plan from the beginning, agree to that with the client and be very honest and open about what you see as the pitfalls and the risks and your own weaknesses with that tasks. Like maybe I'm not very good at this or that. And is there somebody else that can do that? Or can you help me with that? Or I don't understand this. So I feel much more relaxed about being a consultant now. I have much more faith that, you know, work will keep on coming in and I feel more competent at breaking down an assignment into different tasks and coming up with a plan, you know, writing a technical proposal to get a project. And also having built up relationships with different clients over the years, it just becomes much easier because you know them, they know you, and they know your skills. So they pitch it, they invite you to do certain projects. So it's not so much looking for projects, it becomes more like picking projects. So I don't know if I'm really answering your question. I guess I would be more inclined maybe to have taken on any project related to migration in the beginning. And now I'm much more specialized. I choose certain projects because I want to build knowledge and expertise in those areas. So I suppose... What I focus on a lot is labor migration now, specializing in that field, the free movement of people. And I've got quite a long background of working on that. I'm also prior to being a consultant. And then disaster displacement, which I find an interesting, very innovative field that I ended up in working on by chance, but now I'm enjoying quite a bit working on. But then also doing like big policy frameworks, like the static migration policy framework where you actually have to look at all the different areas and you think about what parts the different actors can play and contribute to those different areas. So if we want to look at strengthening protection of migrants and cooperation of governments with regard to disaster displacement, what are the roles of the different actors? What are the gaps? What are the needs? How do we align this to global and continental and regional frameworks, while at the same time trying to be realistic and give practical, concrete recommendations that are actually implementable. So I think it's been a journey of finding areas that I want to specialize in, building relationships and deepening my skills. You've touched on something that I I find quite interesting, which is to what extent or how you can get to that point where you you pick and choose projects. And I was wondering whether you had any reflections. You've gone through that journey, which I've also gone through as well, where at first you you kind of take anything you can get because you want to build that experience. You want to, and you also, I think earlier on in, in one's consulting journey, you perhaps are a bit concerned that you might have breaks in work. So we say make hay while the sun shines. You know, you want to take the projects that come at you. And then now you're a lot more selective. Do you think that in order to get to that point where you are selective, do you have to go through that period of taking everything? Or in hindsight, would you have started off in that selective way and only done projects which are in line with your you know, expertise, very specific expertise, or that you wanted to work on? If my question is clear enough. <laughs> I think in the beginning, it's important to work. So I don't think I would have changed that tactic. I think it's important to just have that work experience. 
the thing is, as a consultant, you also get work because you are working. It's very much your clients want to see, in my view, that you are active and you know what's going on in the field, in that space, that you have a network you can tap into in order to do the work because that network is vital. You know, I mean, I set up a lot of my own interviews with different actors because they know me um, and they respond to my emails because we have a relationship. So I think in the beginning, it is just important to work and maybe then one is not in a position to pick and choose. I do think that you need to do work that's aligned to your values, obviously, because I think that's just integrity and being a good human and ultimately also a good worker. But I think in the beginning, one should not be too picky. But at the same time, something maybe I would have done differently is not taken on too many projects. You know, as a consultant, you want to make sure you always deliver an excellent job because it's on the basis of that that you get your next job. And you also want to make sure that you don't burn out because you don't have a boss managing you. So you only have yourself managing you and, you know, you don't get paid if you get ill and you also want to enjoy your life. So it's important to also manage yourself as if you are your own boss. Like, yes, you do need to take time off. Yes, like you can't just work all the time. It's important to have a holistic perspective, I think. And how do you manage that these days? Because I know that over the years, we've exchanged messages now and again. And sometimes I've, I've asked, you know, how's it going? And fairly frequently, your answer is I've got too much work. So I'm wondering how you've, you've managed that over, or how you've improved at the management of that over the years and how you approach that now. I mean, do you look at, you know, the number of days you've got in a calendar month and ensure that you don't go above a certain number of working days in a contract? Do you err on the side of caution and just accept, I don't know, one contract at a time? How do you approach that? I wish I were as methodical as you suggest. (laughs) I'm afraid that's not the case. I do get very excited about doing new projects and that's probably a problem because I think I probably still take on too many things. I've now had a nice break because I knew I had a new project starting, not exactly when, and I had like a very small project learning in the background for which I'm an advisor. And it was nice just to have something small running, but basically to kind of take two months off because I knew I had this other big project starting. So it's nice when you have something like that, because then you can take a break. You're not applying for more stuff. And I've also just learned to say no. I think that's important. You can't do everything. And it's not fun anymore when you're trying to do too many things. And ultimately, I also want to do this because I like it. It doesn't mean it's fun and games every day. But overall, I would like to feel like I enjoy my work. So saying no and trying not to take on too many projects and taking a gap whenever I have it. Because I do feel like with consultancy, things are very unpredictable. Often, especially the work I do, I work with governments. That's very unpredictable. You know, they just decide to all of a sudden change the timing of a meeting and you have no choice. You have to play along with that. So, oh, sorry, rescheduled, you know. So when I then find out that, oh, actually, I have today off or I have this weekend off, then I just try to make the most of it and do something really fun. Because I think one of the disadvantages of of being a consultant is that you often feel like you don't have that much control over your own life because you have all these schedules changing and you have to keep your clients happy. I'm also doing a bit of an experiment now where I've taken on somebody as an intern and would like to see if I can build a long-term relationship with her and also see a bit more how it is then to just work with somebody else and delegate some things. 
in addition to that, I'm doing more and more projects where I play a very small role, where I work in a team and I'm an advisor. And I quite like those projects because it can get a bit lonely working by yourself. And also then you don't have to do all the grunt work. So it's quite nice to have this privileged position of actually commenting on other people's work. That's quite fun. And not always being the one who receives all the comments. So yes, I think that's the way that I'm going. I think those two points you made, one about the you know, advisory roles and two about a subcontractor or working with an intern are very good leveling up strategies, as, as we'd say at the Impact Consulting Hub. And I'm, I'm wondering if you had any lessons learned or insights from that specific experience about hiring an intern, because I think a lot of consultants, once you've worked as an individual consultant and you've had a lot of work over the course of a few years, the natural next step would be to hire someone, so, you know, to expand so that you can, in principle, do more of the higher value work and subcontract some of the stuff that isn't particularly complex, and, but, but yet is very time consuming. But I'm wondering what that looks like in practice for you. So the intern I'm working with at the moment, I worked with her on another project. I had to do IOM's DRR publication of their work of the last two years. And I said that I don't want to do the data collection and compilation. I will write the publication and do the analysis. And so they brought on this intern. So I'm reluctant to work with people that I don't know. I don't think I would work with anybody I haven't worked with before or who, who isn't recommended to me by someone I trust like you, you know, if you told me, okay, you know, this is a good person to work with, I would consider it. But yes, I think what I'm trying to do now is also, she's just started working with me like last week. So I have to see how it goes. It's very new, but what I'm trying to do is take her on during a period where I'm giving her tasks to do that are useful to me. But if it doesn't work out, it's not a train smash because I think I would be too scared to take on someone if I'm working on a really, really stressful project. And if that person does not deliver the tasks in the way I need them to be delivered, it's a disaster. So maybe trying something in a, in a period that's stressful and getting someone to support you in tasks that, you know, won't turn out to be a disaster if they're not performed well. I mean, perhaps that's a good strategy. At least that's what I'm trying at the moment. Yeah, you're lowering the stakes to start with, which I think makes a lot of sense. Very interesting. And people would have heard in the last 20 minutes about how busy you are and how many projects you have. And they might be wondering, how do you get all these clients, Emerencia? So how do you get all these clients? (laughs) I suppose, how do you get clients? (laughs) Where does most of your work come from? Yeah, I mean, I guess my three main clients are GIZ, ILO and IOM. And some of these clients, like in the beginning, when I started out, somebody I worked with at an NGO a long time ago was working for GIZ and you know, was turning to freelancing and then just shared my CV with GIZ. And that turned into, that's the German development agency, by the way, into a very fruitful project. I mean, collaboration. I've worked with them on several different projects, still working for them indirectly currently through a project. So yes, for that Sometimes they've asked me to apply for things. Other times, other companies have even asked me to partner with them to apply for a project with GIZ, which is a project that I'm working on at the moment, for example. So just building that relationship and that's led to collaboration in many different areas. 
for example, then with ILO and IOM, you know, I applied for projects, got the projects, and then since then they've asked me to do projects with them. So I think, you know, basically just getting your foot into the door. And then often also different companies will approach me, consultancy companies, for example, and these are the kind of projects I work more on as an advisor, like, can you just guide this project? So then it's people that have come across you somehow, or you've worked with in a certain space, or, you know, you did an interview with them or something like that. And so I think really like nurturing relationships, applying for things, doing a good job, making sure that you deliver well, and just always expanding your network and nurturing those relationships. And I think those relationships are important, both in terms of getting work, but also in terms of continuing to learn about what's going on in your field. I mean, that is so important because a lot of the information that I need for my work is information I get through relationships that I've built up. I know people at IOM where when I'm working for another client and I say, look, I need to interview you on this and this topic, they're willing to speak to me because we have that established relationship. And also, you know, even with you, if I get stuck sometimes, I'll give you a call and say, hey, Loxon, how do you think I approach that? Also with, with other consultants building up that relationship. And often other consultants will also recommend you. You know, I think you and I, we often we're approached by different actors. They ask us to do something. We say, oops, I don't have time, but I recommend, you know, my work friend, <laughs> Emerensho, I recommend my work friend, Loxon. So nurturing relationships, I think that's key. Absolutely. I think um, a lot of people see networking as a bit of a, what's the word, a bit, a bit of a skeezy kind of thing where you're, you know, people are worried about coming off as if they're trying to sell their services. But I think the way to approach it is, is as you've alluded to, which is, you know, you want to learn from others and it can lay the groundwork for a more important ask later on. So, you know, if let's say you're creating some content, you're writing a blog on something, you can, it's much easier to get in touch with someone in your network to say, I'm writing a blog post on something, or I'm doing a piece of work on something, and I'd like to get your take on it. I'd like to get your input. And then more often than not, when, once you cultivate this broad network, you know, when you do have a more important ask later on, such as if a consultancy opportunity comes up and then you know you've, you've corresponded with someone uh, from that organization and office, you can then drop them a message and it, and it would feel a lot more comfortable, I think, and a lot more, a lot more natural. So I think you've already cultivated that habit over years of just seeing networking as, as learning from people and enabling you to be better at your work as well. You know, so when you do projects, you already have that network that you can bring to your client. I think it's also worth underlining that you, you mentioned your three big clients as IOM, ILO, and GIZ. And I think some consultants within the IC hub work with smaller organizations. So they might be working with a larger number of clients. But consultants like you and I work with small number of clients, but I would just underline that within those clients, I'm sure there's a lot of internal clients, you know, just, just like for me, I work with similar organizations and, you know, within a large organization like IOM, there's so many internal clients within them. And depending on what type of consultant you are and whether you're going for a large number of small clients or a small number of large clients, there can be some different approaches to networking and business development too. 
I just wanted to close Emerencia with a question about how you see your consulting career journey developing from now in the next few years ahead. Yes, that's always a difficult one, I think. I would like to try and work more with other people. So maybe getting people to support me on certain projects. I quite enjoy working on many different projects at the same time. And I guess, I mean, like right now I'm working on, or will like from July be working on at least three different projects. And I quite enjoy that. But you can't do everything yourself. It's just not possible. So building trusted relationships, perhaps with other consultants that can support me so that I can work on more projects and have this kind of global overview. And then also working as an advisor on different projects for different organizations. So for example, I work with this company called ALT at the moment that's based in Johannesburg. It works a lot on human rights projects in Africa, and they are funded by GIZ to work as part of the joint labor migration program, support the development of the East African community labor migration policy. So I'm contracted by ALT to work for GIZ to support the EAC. (laughs) And I'm just an advisor in this project, but I get to work with a lot of different actors and it's very interesting and I don't have to do the grunt work. So that's quite fun. (laughs) So these two different approaches, I think, of being an advisor, being part of a team, and also some, in certain cases, building my own team. Yeah, scaling um, up. And that is the more challenging one, I think, is building your own team because also you get very used to working by yourself and it's quite an adaption now for me to say like, okay, how do I actually brief somebody and ask them to support me? I find that quite challenging. So I hope this is also an opportunity for me having taken on this intern to develop my own skills in that regard. Yeah. And what you've managed a team before, so I'm sure you will, you'll be just fine, but um, no, really looking forward to hearing how that goes. And Emerencia, I wanted to also ask before we close this, what kinds of difficulties? We talked a lot about how things have, have gone pretty well for you, really, in the last five years. And I think you are a very good example of a, a consultant who is doing really well and has gotten a lot of clients and so on, and, and I suppose improved as a consultant and as a person. Um, but what would you say are the, were the difficulties or challenges that you've had to overcome? I think that some challenges I've managed to overcome, just feeling more competent and understanding assignments better and how to deal with the risks and how to deal with the clients. But then there are certain challenges that I think continue. One is consultancy can be very intense, you know, the deadlines and the buck stops with you. There's no one to hand over to when you get sick or when you want to take a holiday. And there is the occasional all-nighter, you know, I try to avoid them, but it does happen sometimes because there is no one else to pass on to. And then also sometimes you can feel quite vulnerable. You this little individual up against this massive organization. And sometimes you do feel a bit exploited and setting boundaries and saying, okay, I'm willing to do this and I'm not willing to do that. That is always a work in progress. And I keep on learning in that space. Those are some really interesting lessons learned, I think, especially yeah, with the boundary setting. And since we work with such large organizations, it can be a bit difficult and uncomfortable to try and say, you know, this contract is not quite right. And there are some things I'm not happy with. Or sometimes, you know, you have to kind of say, this is not what you're asking me to do isn't in my terms of reference. But yeah, it's great that you've been able to get better at that. And that's something I'm trying to improve on as well. Anyway, Emerencia, thank you so much. How can listeners connect with you and get in touch with you? 
I suppose the easiest way is just LinkedIn. So just send me a message and very happy to connect with everybody. And thanks a lot for giving me this opportunity. And I hope this also gives me an opportunity to connect with more consultants and actors and keep on building that network. And I would just like to close with the following message, which is that actually what I enjoy the most about my work is the relationships I've built up. So it's it's not just about networking as in, oh, this is going to help me. It's also like, that's the really fun part, you know, just making all these friends along the way and talking to them about migration. Absolutely. I like the time you use work friends. It describes it very accurately. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amarantia, for coming on the show. Of course, the Impact Consulting Hub is a great place to connect with other independent consultants and to make those work friends. But just to say, um, you know, best of luck for the coming half of the year and the coming years ahead. And really excited to see where you get to. Thank you very much. Thank you, Loxon. Have a great day further. Thank you so much for listening to the Impact Consulting Podcast. If you want more free advice and guidance on becoming a freelance consultant in the social impact and international development space, head to impactconsultinghub.com and subscribe to our mailing list. We'd love to see how we can help. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.